back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It is time for hitting the hardwood here on the block as we go through our daily because the segment. Block is hot. Because the block is hot is why. And it's our daily NBA segment. And there's always plenty to talk about in the NBA. And I think this will lead to a bigger discussion. But I did want to start off uh, with it's a few days old now. But now we know the fine that's out there. Uh, for Yusuf Nurkic, uh, the Bosnian beast is, uh, has been fined $15,000. Um, and with an altercation with a fan, which obviously is a big no-no for the NBA. Um, 40,000. 40,000. That's right. Yeah. Fifth. That's what I, that's right. 40,000. <laughs> that's what I was trying to compare it to. The 15,000 was for like George Hill in a scrap that he got when with, uh, with some of the other players. So on the court, if you fight other NBA players, that's like 15,000. But if you throw a fan's phone, that's 40,000 that he was, uh, that he was fined for. It had uh, to be an iPhone iPhone 25. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be a real so pretty was, nice It was the iPhone. newest, yeah, the one that they even came out yet. So you're getting charged not only for the the attacking of the fan, but also the throwing of it. And it happened to be an iPhone 25 that wasn't on the market yet. So you're getting charged <laughs> for that too. Well, and I understand that they've got to be pretty serious about not um, going into the stands or engaging with fans and especially touching their property. Um, but yeah. this is this is the problem when you let the fans basically hover over the court. Um, there's video of it. He, he, he didn't not threaten the fans so much as just take his phone and toss it um, because the fan reportedly, as it came out later, uh, the heckler reportedly was uh, talking trash about uh, Nurkic's mom as well as his grandma who recently passed away from COVID-19, um, even using the B word in there about uh, some of his relatives. So um, I understand that uh, that there's certain rules for the NBA players and, and the hecklers can sit there and think that they can't be touched and, and whatnot. But um, at, at a certain point, I guess I cheer for Yusuf you know, Nurkic in this in this case. Um, I know you're not supposed to let hecklers get in your mind or your head and you're not supposed to you know engage with them or touch them or anything. But once it gets kind of personal and you're talking about a relative, especially a relative that has passed away. Um, I mean, I don't know how much lore it can get. So um, I think that fan's lucky <laughs> because on the streets, as they would say, you know, Nurkic would uh, would have taken care of that business a little bit differently. Yeah. And, and so when I when I look at that, right, that's one of the things that I kind of just really was trying to break down in my head. And I remembered I think I mentioned it to you a little bit ago because it just really dawned on me that what's really going on in the NBA right now? Is, is this something that's uniquely different because or is it just a bunch of Ralph Tresvants out there meaning there men with sensitivity you know what I mean there was a song by Ralph Tresvant said um do you need a man with sensitivity is that what's going on or is it just basically a situation where this is the you know it's media driven now you're seeing it a lot more everybody's got cameras on um you know these interactions normally just don't happen. They're very rare. And so now our, our players just more sensitive these days. You have the Russell Westbrook situation where he came <laughs> and addressed the player. I mean, a, a fan face to face. You have Kevin Durant basically telling him, shut the F up and sit down. Um, now I gotta be honest. I think that even in my day, we talked to fans, but we mostly just ignored them. They're just, so what you know it was yeah. that 
that was just part of the deal. If, if that would have been the antlers back in Nebraska days and the way that they acted at Missouri games and the crass stuff they said, you know, we would have lost every game when we played Missouri because it was they were really crash. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, is the NBA a bunch of soy boys? You know, like just <laughs> really sensitive, really touchy. You can't touch them. Everything's a fun. I mean, I, I mean, that's 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 kind of what's popping in my head. You know, they hear everything. Yes, that's some crash stuff to say to talk about somebody's mom. They yo, you know, or spit. If you do stuff like that, I can I can justify you know jumping out there and, and jumping on somebody. I even almost went into the stands one time, so I I get it. But that was just kind of the question that I thought about. Is this just a media thing now that everybody social media it's it's everything's on Snap, everything is a pop up that or is it just something that just guys are just really more sensitive these days? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's probably a combination of both, right? I mean, I think that um, obviously we see everything. If if any if anything's going on at all, there's about three hundred cameras up taking a video of what's going on, so that they can get all the hits on their social media. Um, but um, you know, I, I think it is it's it's part of that too, where um, you know it might it might be just the, the generation of basketball players because it is. I don't know if it, it, it at least seems like it's changed more so today. Is that it's hard to, to follow like what warrants a technical foul and what doesn't. Cause like back in the day, you can't complain to the, to the referees as much. Like there's, it's like almost expected. Now, if you get a foul called on you to complain for, to Adam for five seconds, everybody in the league does it just about. And it's, it's, it, I know it turns a lot of people away from the game. Um, and it, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it also is just like, when, when does the line cross was, why sh- shouldn't there be some respect or shouldn't there be like when you blow a call or miss a call and, and a, and a player's looking at you and talking to you, shouldn't that like mean something? Because it takes away from the times when they do blow a call and mm-hmm. they're arguing with mm-hmm. them. You don't know because the players aren't being honest whatsoever. They're mm-hmm. always just saying, why me? You know, why did this happen to me? Uh, and LeBron's kind of been the leader of that is, is that he'll, he'll go ahead and complain about every whistle that ever happened to him. For me, this, this enhances my GOAT debate as to why Michael Jordan, for me, is is – hands down the goat compared to LeBron James. LeBron James on multiple occasions, I want to say at least three now, maybe four has had fans kicked out of the game for talking about how garbage he is or whatever the case. I don't know what they're saying, but obviously people around are saying it's nothing racial. It's nothing of that nature. It's just them basically heckling him. Michael Jordan would look at you. He might say something. He might wink at you. He might say, okay, all right. And then he might point at you or he might bang on you two or three times down, hit about five more buckets on you, run down the coin and just hit you a little nod. <laughs> you know, and so he would he would dictate that on the court. Whereas, you know, these cats are going LeBron going and getting people kicked out of game. Him, him, get him out of there. I, for me, that's, you know, that, that loses it for me. I, I can't I can't deal with it. Yeah, and I, and I and I too I, I usually stick up for hecklers to a point because I think that's part of the game and that's that's fun and you know I, as long as you're kind of being at least yeah. uh, respectable to a degree about like you know you're supposed to you're a heckler so you know it's not complete just you're the greatest or a bunch of respect but there's there's a line of crossing there right. when it gets really mm-hmm. personal uh, and you just you hate to see that stuff and especially unless yeah. it's like the whole crowd chanting or like a player on the court that that crosses the line you know then they can take care of it there but if it's just a guy 
guy that brought a front row ticket that thinks he's untouchable because he knows that you know the NBA would would really come down and he's you know he'd sue everybody and all that stuff. Um, it just it it takes away from. Um, you know, the, the the gift that's given to you, especially in basketball, you know, in, in football, you know, you're right behind the benches and all that stuff. But in basketball, you're like on the court. I mean, you can be right on the court, right up against the action. The guys could be diving into you or jumping into you and, and all that stuff. And so, you, you know, I, I think too many people think that that's um, something that can't be taken away. But I mean, I, I think if you have too many ugly events, um on the sidelines, that that might be something that eventually is taken away from, um, you know, the basketball experience. And I just hate to say it. That being said, too, I, I do think that there was, uh, you know, maybe in the 80s, in the 70s, I think a lot of it does have to do with the, uh, the you know, the fact that everybody's got a cell phone and everything's kind of blown up because I've at least heard stories that, you know, Guys going into the crowd wasn't necessary. Like, they'd do that, and then they'd go back and play the second half. Like, it wasn't as big a deal as it is these days. You fight and come back and start Right, play. yeah. <laughs> so it was just a, definitely a different era because that's hard to imagine nowadays. Yeah, and, and another thing that popped in my head is what stadiums are the worst stadiums to play in? Not just also in basketball, but in football, right? There are some stadiums that, as a fan, you wearing your – you know, your gear to support the team that you're you're going to support could turn into something jumping off in the stands, possibly. And I've heard that to happen on many occasions where fans will go in and play the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's it's a horrid environment. Um, you know, fans going to play sometimes in Chicago. Um, when, you know, fans having those experiences where they're literally getting it cracking just outside after a game is over, you know, things like that are happening um, in different arenas. We don't hear about that, but we hear about what's going on with, with the fans. Just do what it, do what you like, but the, the players are getting <laughs> all the, all the smoke. So those are the things also that kind of throw me off and same things. And there's arenas that are kind of crash, you know, Philly was one Detroit was one. Um, sometimes Boston could be uh, kind of shady. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some terrible arenas that you go and play. <laughs> yeah, it can happen. You kind of got to prepare for it while you're on the road there. Uh, the other NBA story I wanted to get to, and maybe not so much of a surprise here, but I know that, that I, I think that at least you probably played with his dad, but Ron Harper Jr. declaring for the NBA draft basing based on what you've seen from him. I mean, he's bigger than his, his dad basically on what you've seen on him from Rutgers. Do you think that he's a, a guy that can make it? I think he needs to lose weight. Yeah. I think um, I think he has trouble right now getting it off. I think with his size in time, I think he'll probably have a G League run. Um, I, I think there's some areas of his game he still needs to tighten up a little bit. He definitely needs to lose some weight. Um, he's not as shifty. And in this game of the day, with so much freedom of movement, you got to probably have a little bit of a little bit of shift to yourself in order to make it happen. Yeah, I haven't seen it. You know, I've, I've obviously been looking at all the, the mock drafts uh, trying to find out where Bryce McCowns was projected and all these times. I haven't seen a whole lot of Ron Harper Jr. there. Uh, but for what it's worth, um, he's projected, I suppose, as a second-round pick. Uh, his honorable mention, uh, All-American, second-team All-Big Ten this past year with 15.8 points and six rebounds for the Scarlet Knights. So uh, he'll definitely go down as uh, one of their better players in years. But uh, it's going to be hard to live up to his dad. It was, it was 
really good NBA player for that long, a long time there, um, you know, with the Lakers and the Bulls and all those teams that he played for. Uh, but that'll wrap it up for our this edition of Hitting the Hardwood and this edition of On the Block. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow, and it'll be an exciting day tomorrow. We'll prepare you for those sweet 16 games. College basketball's back, baby. But coming up next, it is uh, Rico is actually going to be in for Ticket Weeknights uh, with uh, coming up next.